Welcome to the sermon podcast series brought to you by Knox United Church in Lanigan and Nokomis United Church in Nokomis, Saskatchewan. On December 2nd, we began a new year in the life of the church as we celebrated the first Sunday in Advent. This Advent, we are looking to songs from the Bible to learn about hope, peace, joy, and love as we prepare our lives for the coming of Jesus into the world to make all things new. This Sunday, we sing a new song of hope as we look at the lullaby that Zechariah sang to the baby John the Baptist, called the Benedictus. Grace and peace be with you. God of hope, we ask for your blessing upon us and upon these words that as we hear these songs passed from generation to generation, we might hear how you show kindness to us, just as you have promised to our ancestors and just as you promised to us. Amen. So for this uh, Advent and then to the Nativity of the Lord, we are looking at different songs from the Bible. And here we're given uh, in Luke the song of Zechariah. Um, And in Latin, uh, the first word is benedictus. And so for those who might have uh, connections to more liturgical traditions like Anglicans or Catholics, you may have heard of the benedictus, and that is this a song from Zechariah. Uh, blessed in Latin is Benedictus. So, blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, Zechariah was uh, married to a woman named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth co- Elizabeth's cousin uh, is Mary, who is the mother of Jesus. And uh, Elizabeth, though they were cousins, uh, was much older, uh, we're told. Mary would have been um, a teenager, uh, but Elizabeth, we're told, was... Uh, Uh, far enough along in her life uh, that it was a surprise that she would have a child. And so um, when the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah and says that Zechariah and Elizabeth are going to have a child, uh, Zechariah doesn't believe the angel. And the angel says, well, I'm the angel of God. Surely you should believe me. And Zechariah still is doubting. So to punish Zechariah, he's uh, banned from speaking. So he can't speak until the Holy Spirit enters his heart and he sings this song uh, of celebration for uh, the birth of his son, John. And uh, I call it a lullaby because of the last bit of it, where he turns and says, and you, my child, you will be called the prophet of the Most High. And I like to imagine Zechariah, this old man having his firstborn son, singing to this little baby that would grow up to be John the Baptist, uh, singing this song the Benedictus, the song of Zechariah. But it begins earlier than uh, that closing part sung to the baby John. It begins with Zechariah saying, Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, who has looked with favor upon the people and set us free. He opens this song by looking back to what God has done for Zechariah's people in the past. You can imagine the Exodus, where God intervenes powerfully to set the people free, and where the people are set free from slavery and are led by God into a new land, a land of freedom. Then Zechariah talks about how God has lifted up a mighty savior for us out of the house of David. Zechariah recalls how God had pledged uh, to be with the people. God had given them a king. Sometimes the kings ruled well, sometimes the kings did not. But the kings were a gift from God uh, to take care of the people. And so Zechariah begins by recalling what God has already done in the past for the people, setting us free and giving us people to take care of us. 
And then Zechariah recalls that God has made promises to us. Promises made through the mouths of God's holy prophets in ages past. Promises that we would be saved from our enemies, saved from the hand of all that hates us, and God would show kindness to us, just as God promised our ancestors. And here Zechariah recalls the covenant that God made with Sarah and with Abraham, the ancestors of Zechariah and our ancestors in faith, how God promised to be with Sarah and Abraham and be with their people forever. And so Zechariah recalls how God promised to be with Sarah and Abraham, his ancestors and our ancestors in faith. Again, promising to set them free from fear, to save them from their enemies, and to be with them in holiness and justice all the days of our lives. Zechariah remembers what God has done and what God has promised. Because he's living in a challenging and difficult time. He's living in a time uh, where it seems like everything has gone wrong and God seems distant. He is living in a conquered country. The Roman Empire has come in uh, and has taken over. There are Roman soldiers walking through the streets telling people what to do. They pay taxes not to support their own people, to but to support the empire in Rome as it seeks to conquer even more lands. Their lives are ruled by people far away. Their lives are ruled uh, not by God or by the king that God has gifted, uh, but by strange people who are oppressing and hurting the people. And this isn't the first time this has happened. They had been conquered times before by the Persians, by the Babylonians. They were a small people living in the sort of the center of everything, where every empire, when it would go conquering, would go through the land uh, of Zechariah and his people. And so this is uh, what they're living with. Centuries of uh, loss, centuries of pain, centuries of living uh, conquered by other people. And so it is in this way, not in uh, a joy of everything is great and wonderful and Zechariah is living the perfect life, but in the midst of a difficult and painful moment in the history of his people, it's in this moment that Zechariah sings a new song of hope, the Benedictus, the song of Zechariah. And so after he looks to the past of what God has done, setting the people free, gifting them a ruler to take care of them, what God has promised to the people, uh, to grandmother Sarah and grandfather Abraham. Then he turns uh, to the part of this song that is the lullaby to the baby John. And you, my child, you will be called the prophet of the Most High. You go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give knowledge of salvation to God's people, the forgiveness of sin, the compassion and kindness of our God. The dawn from on high will break upon us, giving light to all in the darkness and shadow of death, and guiding our feet in the way of peace. So after looking back to the past of what God has done and what God has promised, then he looks at the moment that he is in, at this baby he's holding in his arms, and says, you, my, prof my child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High. You will prepare the way for the Lord. And then he looks forward. The, the tense shifts and says, what will happen? The dawn from on high will break upon us giving light to all in the darkness and shadow of death and guiding our feet in the way of peace. But just as God has acted 
in human history to rescue the people in the past, so too God is about to do something new, something big, something that will transform history. And that something, we're told, that John is to, be, to prepare the way for is the coming of Jesus. That when Jesus is born, uh, that everything will change. The world will be transformed and the peace and justice of God will make their home on the earth. That all creation will be flooded with the love of God and all tears will be wiped away from our eyes as God makes all things new. This is the promise of hope that we hold within us. And just like Zechariah, we too find ourselves in a strange in-between time. We know that God has acted powerfully in history when God was born as Jesus and came uh, to save us and to set us free. And yet, even though we know that God has come into our midst in Jesus, that God has saved us through the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, even though we know all this, still so much in our world seems wrong or broken. There is so much pain and death, violence, injustice, bitterness, anger, and hatred. There are so many ways where our world still seems broken. And so we wonder, when, when, O oh God, will you come and set all things right? We are a people, I believe, who are bad at waiting in our time. We can uh, pull up our phone or log on to the computer. We can go to Amazon or any number of other things, and we can summon all of the wonders of the world, uh, maybe not straight to our door, but pretty darn close uh, in a matter just of days. So if I decide that I need new buttons, I don't need to figure out where sells buttons. I go onto my computer and I say, I need buttons, and then buttons come to me. It's, it's almost magical. Uh, and there's very little waiting involved. I don't need to be patient. Uh, and while this might seem magical to us, in the same way uh, to our ancestors, I, I enjoy a story about the Sears catalog where people were commenting about how amazing it was that again, in the same way, you could order almost anything and as if by magic, it would come to you. you now it took a little bit longer maybe than Amazon today, uh, but the principle was the same and they were just as astounded and so they worried, would people lose their sense of patience? And so I think sometimes maybe that in our time where we can have anything we want delivered pretty close to us, or where we can watch almost any movie in human history, uh, again, just sitting in our own rooms and punching in a few buttons, where we can have almost anything we want given to us quickly with almost no pain or waiting, I think that we've lost a little bit of our patience. And so in the opening line of our psalm that says that I waited patiently for you, O God, that's the discipline that Advent teaches us that we need to practice. Now, Zechariah, his people had been waiting centuries for what God had promised. And Zechariah didn't lose hope. Zechariah's people had been waiting for centuries. Uh, and in the same way, we've been waiting thousands of years that just as God came in Jesus for God to come again and to put all things right, to make all things new, and to flood the world with God's love. We are in this strange in-between time. God has already acted in the past, and we know that God will act again in the future, and we are waiting. Now that waiting can be hard, and that's what Advent is about. It's about preparing ourselves to wait 
for God to come again into the world and to make all things new, for justice to make its home on the earth, for God to flood the world with God's love. That's what we're waiting for, and that's what hope is. Hope is not uh, a conviction that everything is okay, but it's a trust that the promises of God that God made to our ancestors, God will uh, answer those promises. God will do what God has promised to us. Now, it might not be as quick as Amazon. It might not speedily come to us whenever we want it. But just like Zechariah, I am confident that the God who promised to our ancestors to make all things new will come again, just as God came all those years ago in the baby Jesus. Amen.